Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Minor Bows. Um, this episode is going to center around the upcoming NBA playoffs. Uh, the NBA regular season uh, just concluded uh, last night as of this recording. Um, and uh, now it is time for the most wonderful time of year, the NBA playoffs. Um, I, I, I'm just excited enough that I can barely, you know, maintain my composure. I love NBA playoff basketball. I don't care that the playoffs are too long and that the first round shouldn't be seven games. It's just, you know, it's a chance to wring more NBA basketball out of time before lying dormant for another summer. And then leaving me only to yearn for the autumn once more. Um, so, in my excitement, I have decided that what I'm going to do this year, uh, the first time ever, I am going to do a round-by-round, matchup-by-matchup uh, prediction as to how the NBA playoffs are going to go. Now, this is a foolhardy enterprise, but foolhardy enterprises are what I do, really, you know. Um, if, if I have a brand other than, uh, broadcasting sporadically from an undisclosed location, it is that I enjoy foolishness, um, and basketball. So I'm going to be foolish about basketball and that's, uh, without any further ado, uh, let me commence. Um, so... What I'm going to do also is not just, you know, like a dry who's going to win, you know, like the stats and all of that. Um, I'm going to talk about one thing that, you know, without, you know, rambling on too much. I do want to talk about each matchup in terms of its entertainment value. Because, I mean, you know, you really get right down to it. That's what this is all about. You know, it's it's a form of entertainment um, that, you know, it's sublimely unpredictable. Uh, but you know, you know, it, it is, you know, a, a performing art. Um, so, so that's basically going to be my, my priority here. You know, it's like that the, I, I, I don't do very trenchant statistical analysis. Um, I, I, I do enjoy reading people who do that sort of thing, but it's beyond me and I'm not going to try and fake it. But you know, as, as an artist and a critic, I can speak to what uh, constitutes quality entertainment. And so that's mainly going to be the thrust here. Um, so, we're going to begin with the Western Conference. Um, the stronger of the two conferences. Uh, th this is, you know, almost certainly the conference that this year's champion is going to come from. Um as the two best teams in the NBA both play in the Western Conference. Um, but, you know, anything can happen. Uh, the first round, though, uh, we have the number one seed Houston Rockets against the number eight seed Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, the T-Wolves uh, got into the playoffs with a very exciting um, de facto play-in game. Uh, their 82nd game of the season against Denver uh, was a, uh, a an overtime a slugfest uh, that came down to, uh, you know, just like grit and all that, you know, stuff that, you know, people like. And, and it's exciting for the Timberwolves because they haven't been in the playoffs since fucking Bush was president. 
Um, and or to his first turn, actually. Um, yeah, uh, it's so so. It's been a while, and they're back in the NBA playoffs, and they're going to get swept by the Rockets. And it's not going to be particularly fun to watch. Although, I mean, some people complain that the Rockets are a pain in the ass to watch because they've, you know, boiled their whole their whole approach down to the very, you know, the most efficient uh, way of winning, which is, you know, shooting lots of threes shooting and, and shooting lots of layups and dunks, uh, no mid-range shots, and drawing as many fouls as they can. And, you know, some people find it cold and robotic, but I genuinely enjoy watching James Harden play because he's so fucking weird. Um, and, and I am one who is, my heart is with the weirdos. Um, there is a great GQ piece about James Harden that you should uh, check out. Um, that he's just a, you know, uh, he's, he's great. Um, but this series is going to be particularly suspenseful. It's probably going to be a sweep. Um, although, I mean, you know, the T-Wolves have some guys. Jimmy Butler, in particular, is not going to take too kindly to being swept. So, I mean, the T-Wolves might pull a game or two out of it just by sheer stubbornness. But, I mean, this is almost, you know, it, it you know, it's, it's a virtual lock. You know, I mean, you can't look past the Rockets for this one. And so, it's, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be the most gripping basketball, put it that way. Um... So I've got Houston moving on from there. So uh, the fourth uh, and fifth seed, um, the Oklahoma City Thunder against the Utah Jazz. Uh, I, as some of you may know, uh, uh, lived in Utah for a year and became kind of fond of the Utah Jazz uh, during that season. Um, I'm a, a big Rudy Gobert fan. Uh, and, and, and I like... Uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, although, I mean, I have, you know, Donovan Mitchell is sort of not entirely sure that he's going to, you know, that he, he might have a heel turn in the parlance of uh, wrestling at, at some point. He hasn't yet. He had a very splendid Rookie of the Year, you know, nice silver medal Rookie of the Year campaign. Um, and he's fun to watch. And the fact that he can just kind of, like, will a team to win, in the fact that he's a rookie and he's already so, you know, like, offensively accomplished is cool. And, you know, Oklahoma City has got Russell Westbrook and Paul George and the ghost of Carmelo Anthony and, uh, you know, South Pacific god Stephen Adams. Um, uh, you know, this is going to be probably you know, Loki, one of the most entertaining series of the first round, because it's not particularly unambiguously one way or the other. I mean, it is a four seed versus a five seed, and that's the whole point, is that they're fairly evenly matched. But um, I could see this game uh, going the full seven and yielding a lot of entertaining ball. Um, it's always fun watching Russell Westbrook do his... Um, you know, sort of romantic, tragic hero, like dive into the volcano, you know, uh, style of ball. You know, and he's uh, good for a triple-double, as we've uh, seen the last couple of seasons, where he's um, become the first guy to average a triple-double over a whole season twice. Um, and his 20 rebounds in the last game of the season clinched that, you know. 
And the, in fact, you know, guys, uh, you're talking about it's like, oh, guys shouldn't chase stats. But I mean, fuck it, man. You know, like when you're so brazen about it, it's kind of cool. And I mean, Russell Westbrook's just an interesting guy. And even though he doesn't play very efficiently, I mean, what the fuck is efficiency, really? I mean, like, you know, I mean, you, you need some imperfections in order to uh, have romanticism, in order to have uh, mystery, in, in order to have art. You know, you, you need some you need some rough edges. Um, and, you know, I mean, I still, like, I, I, I'll only believe that Carmelo's done when he retires. Uh... But, I mean, he's he's washed, but, I mean, like, I know in my mind that he's washed, but in my heart, he's still Carmelo. And, uh, you know, Paul George was kind of playing like shit late in the season, but, you know, I mean, it, you could always pick that around. He's always historically been very good in the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, OKC, OKC Utah is going to go uh, down to it. And in ultimately, because of... Uh, the issues that Oklahoma City has, like uh, the fact that Russell, you know, could put up a 45, 15, and 15 on somebody, or he could shoot like, you know, three for 30 um, and just, you know, go down in flames because there's no middle ground to Russell Westbrook. Um, and because Utah is a, a place that has sort of made an art of the middle ground. Um, for sheer consistency's sake and the ability to more rationally predict what they can do and also the fact that Donovan Mitchell's really fucking good and Rudy's really fucking good and Quinn Snyder is a really good coach. I have Utah pulling this one out in not as much of, uh, you know, it's statistically a five seed beating a four seed isn't a huge upset, but it always feels like an upset whenever Utah wins a playoff series. Um, and this is probably misplaced homerism because of the year that I spent uh, living in Salt Lake City. But um, I, I still, I mean, I, I, this isn't an entirely irrational pick. So, got Utah moving on there. Portland, New Orleans. This will be a fun series, too, because, I mean, Portland is always fun. Because Dame, Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, just rain threes from the fucking sky. Uh, that team can actually defend now, so they're not fucked whenever they, you know, uh, go up against a team uh, that, that can, uh, you know, uh, uh, make them work for it a little bit. Um, and New Orleans, I mean, New Orleans are kind of doomed because of, you know, not having Boogie. And I miss Boogie. And I remember the guy who, there, there was this guy who just, you know, like, you, you could almost feel the throb in his voice as he was tweeting. He was like, God damn it. I don't care what they say. Boogie made the playoffs. And you know what? I feel exactly the way that guy did. You know, Boogie might not play a minute in this series, but he is in spirit uh, in the playoffs. We can never again say, you know, like that, you know, oh, it's like, oh, how could Boogie be good if he never made the playoffs? Boogie made the fucking playoffs, all right, man. Um, and I mean, and Anthony Davis is just wonderful. Uh, you know, tremendous basketball player and a lot of fun to watch too. It's not like um, his game is built on uh, artless efficiency. I mean, it's you know when you're watching Anthony Davis play, he's one of those guys who it's like if you're not really like a diehard basketball fan 
and you know you need somebody to persuade you to get into basketball. You watch this seven foot guy with just perfect artful coordination between his mind and his body. You know the the you know the the body and soul moving as one. Um, the, all the cool stuff that he can do. Uh, you know, like, cause he can do literally everything that you need to do on a basketball court. Like he can handle the ball, he can shoot the ball, he can pass the ball, he can defend, he can rebound. Um, you know, he can provide that sort of metaphysical spark for the, uh, uh, team to, you know, kind of like pull together in face of adversity. I mean, you know, I mean, he got a team that's basically like him, a couple other, uh, decent players and a bunch of fucking NPCs, basically. And he got them, like, with room to spare into the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, you can't count out Anthony Davis. Uh, and also, um, his... It, 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 and, and this is, you know, not mockery at all. This is a genuine uh, salute. His unibrow and my oft-professed unibrow arts criticism uh, are one he is the one of the one of the physical manifestations in the world of that theory of arts criticism and so i mean obviously my heart is with him but my mind is with portland for this because like they can score like hell and they can finally play defense which means you know like they're you know gonna win and the thing is don't get me wrong you know, and all this talking about how, you know, like, I love Anthony Davis and I'm going to be rooting for him. Portland's a really easy team to root for, too. Um, and they're another team that if you're not really super into basketball, watching them play is really fucking fun because Dame Lillard, first of all, is just, like, you know, like, is a, a masterful player. He's constantly underrated because he's, he plays a position that a number of other guys in the league are really good at. Um, he's just fucking awesome, uh, you know, and he really gets it up for big games. You know, he's constantly, uh, you know, battling against the, you know, like perception that he's underrated. So he's like, always got to, you know, like prove shit. And he goes out there and playoffs game is a sight to behold. So this series is going to be a really fun one. Um, I mean, I hope. You know, I mean, it could, you know, I could be wrong and it could end up like, you know, just, in, you know, uh, against, you know, like all, you know, rational preconceptions of it end up being kind of a boring series, but I highly doubt it. Portland, New Orleans will be a lot of fun. And I think Portland's going to move on, but, you know, New Orleans are not going to go home ashamed. They're going to put up a good fight. So there you go. That'll be a good one. So the final Western Conference first round matchup is one that would be a lot more fun if one of the principal players was going to actually be involved. But because of the ongoing uh, mysterious Kawhi Leonard saga in San Antonio, he is not going to be playing in the playoffs. It doesn't look like he's still on. He's been medically cleared to play, but he doesn't want to. Or something, it's all its all really weird. But there's some shit going on. Eventually the whole story is going to come out and probably a lot of people are going to end up looking like assholes. But for the moment, the uh, practical upshoot of all of this is that he is not going to be playing in the first round. And the Spurs are playing against the defending champion Golden State Warriors. 
and Golden State is just going to win. You know, without Kawhi, uh, the Spurs cannot beat Golden State. Um, that mean you know maybe they'll steal a game because they're the Spurs, uh, and they got Pop, and Pop has become uh, the the moral conscience and the uh, the you know the uh, the philosophical elder statesman of the NBA. It's kind of cool considering that he was such a conservative stick in the mud for like the first 10 years of his NBA coaching career. And now he's a paragon of progressivism. You know, it's like people can grow. That's awesome. Uh, you know, it's really, it gives hope to us all. Uh, but you know, all the hope in the world is not going to carry the Spurs past the Warriors in the first round. Um, the Warriors are banged up. They're still the fucking Warriors. You know, they, they, they did not skate to the two championships that they won. You know, they, they they earned them. And they probably would be going for four in a row if Draymond hadn't had that weird tick of, like, punching everybody in the fucking nuts for, like, the entire uh, playoffs the year before last. It was just really weird. It was almost like he was being... It was almost like it was a post-hypnotic suggestion that somebody was, like, sitting up in a luxury box just being like, yeah... I bet I can make Draymond punch this guy in the nuts. Bang. Uh, oh, it's been a couple quarters since I made Draymond punch somebody in the nuts. Let me do it again. Boom. You know. So, they got... Uh, it, it, Draymond got over that. And, you know, Kevin Durant's amazing. Uh, you know, like, Kevin Durant is somebody who, over the years, when I've gotten a couple drinks in me and start, like, you know, ranting about the physical poetics of NBA basketball, Kevin Durant was always the example that I used. Because watching him play basketball is really like a transcendent artistic experience because he's so he moves so beautifully and elegantly and he's so manifestly skilled that you know it's it's a genuine artistic experience watching him play basketball and you know Steph Curry's the best shooter of all time and Clay Thompson God bless his soul is a holy flake uh, something I can uh, very much relate to. Um, yeah, like, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, like, eh, I'm kind of over the Warriors, or, you know, because they're the favorites, you know, everybody roots against them because everybody wants to root for the underdog because it's sports. But, I mean, I just, I still am not off Golden State. They just, they're the way they play is so much, it's just so, like, you know, smooth and crisp, and it's on such a high caliber of basketball that, you know, from an artistry standpoint, I just can't ever look past them. I always, I watch them whenever I can. Um, and, you know, the entertainment value of this series is sort of undercut by the fact that the outcome is essentially predetermined, but it won't be a boring series uh, to watch, um, objectively speaking, but compared to some of these other series, it might not be quite up to the standard, but... So that's the Western Conference. To recap in the first round, I've got Houston, Utah, Portland, and Golden State advancing out of the first round in the West. And now to my half of the country, my home, the dear sweet Eastern Conference. Um, and the, the thing with the, with the Eastern Conference is everybody's always like, oh, you know, like the Eastern Conference sucks and the teams are all shitty and everything. But the thing that that means for the playoffs is that the Eastern Conference playoffs can frequently be 
a lot of fun because of the unpredictability of it. Because of the fact that there really isn't anybody with a totally unimpeded path. You know, there is no unambiguous favorite here. Um, like, there, many more teams have a shot of advancing uh, out of the East than in the West. Where, I mean, spoiler alert, it's Houston and Golden State in the West. Um, but in the East, we have a, a broader uh, a, a spectrum of possibility. Uh, just, you know, like, based on the fact that, you know, like, teams are banged up, some teams are a year away, um, what have you. Uh, so, the Eastern Conference. The first matchup is the number one seed Toronto Raptors against the eight seed Washington Wizards. Um, the Wizards had an interesting season. Like, they started playing really well when John Wall was injured. And I love John Wall, but he was kind of beefing with a lot, uh, seemingly a lot of the other guys on the team. Uh, they seemed to be enjoying themselves a lot more without him on the court. Uh, there were like weird social media beefs between uh, John Wall and Marcin Gortat. Uh, just, you know, like what one uh, can succinctly sum up as a bit of a mess. Um, in terms of talent, they probably should have been a lot higher than an eight seed, but because of circumstance being what it is, that's where they ended up. And uh, under normal circumstances, I would have had them... I would have thought that they would advance a bit further in the playoffs, but this year's Toronto Raptors are just better than they have been, which is kind of like, you know, it's it's interesting because they have most of the same guys that they did last year when they were like kind of a wonky uh, mess, but they just kind of changed approach a little bit and guys just had better seasons this year. And, you know, they adapted to their opposition. So now they're really fucking good, which is cool. Because uh, Raptors fans are a, are a fun bunch of cats. Um, like, there's something about, like, uh, the, the basketball culture in Toronto fandom uh, that makes uh, the, you know, the fans, like, really knowledgeable, really passionate, Um yeah, because they haven't won anything yet, they're also really hungry to win. Um, and they're all, like, astute enough to really appreciate a good team. And the fact that they have, like, the kind of team that's, like, the ideal sort of team for their philosophical mindset as fans, um, it's kind of cool. And it's, like, it's, I mean, it's sort of a chicken and egg thing. Like, you know, are they astute fans because they have a smart team to root for? Or... Um, you know, or the other way around. Um, I don't know. But, you know, here's to you, Toronto. Um, I uh, have Toronto beating Washington in, like, five or six games. Six at most uh, in the first round. So, Toronto will advance, says I. Um, now, the 4-5 matchup in the East is really interesting because it's um, a Cleveland-Indiana, which... You know, like at the beginning of the season, people were like, the Cavs are going to face the Pacers in the first round. First of all, they would think it would be a 1-8 a, a matchup and that the Pacers like only just barely squeaked in and that the Cavs were dominant and going to, you know, like steamroll everybody and get back to the finals for the fourth year in a row. But fate took a hand uh, and shit didn't turn out the way that it was supposed to. 
And the Cavs are now like one of the worst defensive teams that anybody's ever seen. They still have LeBron, and LeBron played 82 games for the first time in his career, I think, which sounds weird, but, you know, I think is right. And, uh, you know, and LeBron is still LeBron. You know, like he's, he, you know, if, if Pindar were around, he'd be posting fucking, you know, like, you know, like odes in Greek epic poetry to LeBron. Uh, you know, he's a, a, a heroic figure, mythic figure, unlike uh many others that we ever see in sport you know he's one of the best basketball players of all time and he's fucking lebron you know so i mean so so you know like you can't count out the Cavs because of that on the other hand the indiana pacers bizarrely are really good um because victor oladipo who was sort of like you know they're expecting to be okay and people kind of wrote him off because he was on shitty teams and didn't, you know, just, like, magically ascend uh, without, you know, like, any help from his teammates. And he spent a year getting, like, frozen out by uh, Russell Westbrook. And then he got traded for Paul George, and everybody's like, oh, man, the Pacers got ripped off. They got Oladipo and Sabonis for Paul George. Man, what the fuck? That's, uh, that's an awful trade. They got screwed. Fast forward a few months, and everybody's like, you know... Pacers made out pretty good, you know, because, I mean, Oladipo could be a second-team All-NBA player this year. I mean, he's fucking awesome. You know, like, he's, you know, he, he, he's a, you know, lockdown defender. He's got, you know, balls the size of fucking boulders. And he's, you know, suddenly, like, a really efficient scorer who can create shots for himself and other guys. And he's, like, you know, a legit guy who can carry you through a couple playoff rounds, you know, I mean... It's the kind of thing that, like, if you were aware of his potential and you believed in him, uh, it's not all that implausible. Uh, but it's really cool because, you know, it's like it's nice to finally see him, like, you know, not being quote-unquote disappointing and finally quote-unquote living up to his potential. But, I mean, he was always dope. It's just that, you know, now it's finally translating into team success because they got a bunch of other guys who can ball on that team, too. Like, Miles Turner's really good, and he's really young. And, you know, I mean, the Pacers are going to be good for a while now, it looks like. You know, and that's that's cool. You know, I, I definitely, you know, this is a sign of personal growth. Because, you know, back in the 90s when I, you know, like, hated the Pacers with a kind of alarming uh, fervor, uh, I would be, you know, shocked and appalled to... Uh, to, to know that, you know, like some years down the road, I'd be, you know, like feeling good about a Pacers team. But, you know, that's the thing, man. You can't cling to the past. You can't cling to stupid grudges and shit. You know, it's just, you know, corrode your soul from the inside. I'm happy for the Indiana Pacers. And in a shocking upset, I think that they're going to beat the Cavs just because, you know, it's LeBron's really going to have to do it like all by himself if he's going to beat them. And... You know, he played 82 games. He might be, you know, I mean, to say he might be worn down. I was about to say that, and I realized how stupid that was to say before it came out. But I just, like, I don't think that it's inconceivable that the Pacers, you know, like, that Oladipo just goes fucking, it just goes, you know, like, out of his fucking mind. And, you know, and the Pacers win in, like, seven. Because, I mean, I think if the Pacers win, they're going to, it's going to take seven games. 
I mean, and uh, that doesn't that does mean like betting against LeBron in a game seven, but I mean, weirder shit has happened. I mean, you know, and but I will say this though, it will not be LeBron's fault if Cleveland loses because they're just kind of a mess and. Uh, but anyway, I mean, that's a little too much ESPN, like, you know, wonkery for me, but, um, in terms of entertainment value, this one is going to be very high because of, you know, LeBron is always mesmerizing to watch no matter how shitty his teammates are. Um, and Indiana is going to be coming out fucking like really chomping at the bit being like, you know, if we can beat these guys, we can like really fucking, pre you know. And all that, like, you know, macho sports guy shit. But, I mean, that macho sports guy shit is kind of why we watch sports sometimes. You know, because it's not always toxic. You know, sometimes it's highly entertaining. Uh, so, this will be one, and definitely for um, uh, Eastern Conference, uh, you know, or people uh, living in the Eastern half of the United States who, you know, can't stay up till 1 in the morning watching Western Conference games. Um, this'll be, this'll be a fun series to tune in for, uh, Cleveland, Indiana. Um, I will be watching as much of this series as I can, uh, personally and hot take though it may be, I have Indiana coming out ahead. Uh, you know, if, if I'm wrong, I'll be like, Hey, I was wrong. It's impossible to predict these sort of things. I also don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility, which is why I am making that pick. So, the next series, Philadelphia-Miami. Um, this is going to, you know, for entertainment value, it's kind of a, a, a toss-up whenever Miami is involved because they're an extraordinarily well-coached team that currently doesn't have a whole lot of really good guys on the team. I mean, uh, Hassan Whiteside is pretty good. He also fucked over my fantasy team this year, so I'm kind of mad at him. Um, but you know, as I, I, I mean, it's my fault. I overpaid for him, but, um, but that is who Hassan Whiteside is as a basketball player. He's a guy you overpay for in fantasy. Um, he isn't like, you know, it's like, it's, he's the kind of guy who by the end of the game, you're like, whoa, shit, he had 15 rebounds, but you're not like, you know, your eyes aren't bugging out of your head watching him. Uh... On the flip side of that, though, Philadelphia, the Sixers, they are fucking fun this year, man. They, like, I mean, Embiid is probably going to be back at some point in this series, and Joel Embiid is just wonderful, um, you know, on and off the court. Like, I mean, he's as entertaining a follow on, like, you know, Instagram and Twitter as he is, like, to watch just, like, you know, just dominating guys in the low post. I mean, it's sort of like, um, I went a little stupid earlier this year when I was watching him play. He had a really good game and I started going, oh my God, he's like Elijah on 2.0. And I was like, that was really stupid and I never should have said that, especially somebody who's old enough to have seen Akeem Olajuwon play uh, in person a couple times and on TV for like 15 years. You know, like I, I should not have said that. Uh, what I will say though is that Joel Embiid is to Hakeem Olajuwon what Oasis were to the Beatles, which is to say, and you know, when I say that, you need to know that I am an ardent Oasis fan. I love them dearly. Um, I'm also not under any 
illusions, nor would they be, that they are the superiors uh, to uh, their uh, titanic historical precedent. Um, but, I mean, you know, if Philly is if watching Philadelphia plays like going to an Oasis concert, you're going to have a good fucking time, man. Uh, you know, they got hits. They, you know, they give you your entertainment dollar. Um, but I mean, that's mainly like an Embiid, Olajuwon specific analogy, I should clarify, because the rest of the guys on the team, Ben Simmons is like something, you know, like nobody's ever seen before. You know, like he's, uh, uh, you know, like a 6'10 point power forward, you know, who never shoots threes and can't really shoot a jump shot, but it doesn't matter. His passing is unbelievable. Fultz is back. Markel Fultz got a triple-double in his last game of the season. His, like, mysterious shoulder tendonitis finally eased up enough uh, so that he could come back. You know, I mean, the entire city the entire city of Philadelphia is going nuts over this. Um, I personally have a great deal of affection for the city of Philadelphia. Uh, my grandfather uh, was born there and grew up there. Uh, one of the best restaurants I've ever eaten in my life was in somewhere in downtown Philly. I don't remember the name of the restaurant. I just kind of wandered in there at one point and had just a, just a, like a knock you on your ass good meal. Um, and just put a pep in my step for the whole rest of the day. And, you know, this is a good, this is a good time for Philly sports fan hubris too, you know, cause I mean, the Eagles just won the Super Bowl, which was awesome. Um, so, you know, I mean, Philly, Philly's really riding that crest, you know, and, uh, and the Sixers are fucking are really fun too. So, you know, Miami is the X factor in this because, you know, sometimes they can sort of like deaden the entertainment value of a really entertaining team in the process of, uh, kind of counteracting their good qualities. But I don't think that that's going to happen here, partly because Philly's guys are better than their guys um and the heat don't have anybody who can like dent ben simmons um they they, they impede him really in any way um i i have philly certainly advancing um it's just a question of how many games because the heat are well coached enough that they're probably going to take a couple games but the games that the Heat win in the series are going to be the least entertaining games in the series. So if you switch over to the Philly Heat series and you see that Miami has a lead, um, it might be a bad sign. I mean, it might not be, though, because the Sixers might be right poised to make a comeback. But uh, I just, like, instinct tells me that the, the one or two games that Miami wins in this series are not going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. So just, you know, like be be prepared there. Uh, and finally, uh, the last Eastern Conference matchup is uh, Boston versus Milwaukee. And this one's kind of unfortunate because Milwaukee uh, just, like, is kind of in disarray from a coaching standpoint. Um, you know, they fired Jason Kidd earlier in the year because his defensive scheme was a, a fucking train wreck. And the interim guy is an interim guy. Um, Giannis is extraordinary. Um, you know, and, and he is always, by himself, is a reason to watch any game. Uh, but, like, the guys around him just, like, you know, are kind of, I mean, some of them are good. 
some of them aren't so good. It's like they're like they they need to sort of like settle into place and become what they're going to become. And since they haven't done yet done that yet, like they're going to be sort of erratic from an entertainment perspective and from the practical perspective of winning games because like they just need to get their shit together. But once they do, if like in a couple of years when they have a team around Giannis that is like all firing the same, they are good. Ooh, look out, fucking Eastern Conference. But as of right now, they don't have that. And uh, the Celtics have one of the best coaches in the league, um, a whole bunch of good guys, uh, but they got a whole bunch of injuries. So like they're probably going to be fucked in the semifinals, but in the first round, they're just going to just strategically, I think be capable of uh, beating the Bucks Cause they don't have a player who can match up with Giannis, but like nobody on the, I mean, the, the, the Milwaukee coaches just aren't as good as, as Brad Stevens and his, and his guys. Um, but, like, if you're talking about from, like, an entertainment perspective from anybody who doesn't have a particular rooting interest in either one of these teams, this is probably not going to be the most fun series for, like, the casual fan. Because there's going to be an awful lot of, like, you know, playing matchups and, you know, doing the smart play and not, you know, like, just, you know, whipping your dick out and shooting 35-footers, which is more fun but you know it's not necessarily the you know the 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 smarter choice but so all that being said because i mean i live in massachusetts and you know it, while i've been here i've kind of you know cuz the celtics are the easier team to catch on tv i've i've watched a lot of celtics and i'm sort of um, you know i've grown fond of them and grown uh, a lot of respect for Brad Stevens as a coach, but uh, I am still self-aware enough to know that somebody without that kind of personal connection is probably just going to look at the series and be like, why the fuck am I watching this when I could be watching the Cavs and the Pacers? And I don't have anything to counter that. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, you're just, you're going to have more fun watching the Cavs and the Pacers as a neutral fan. Uh, but I have Boston winning. Um in six or seven, which is going to wear them out for their second round matchup, which they're going to lose. Um, so to recap, I've got Toronto, Indiana, Philadelphia, and Boston winning in the first round in the East. So now we move on to the next round. And starting again in the West, uh... This first series is not going to be fun. It's going to be a sweep or a five-game series. The Rockets are going to beat the Jazz. Uh, the Jazz will have had their, you know, moral victory of winning in the first round. Um, the Rockets are just better. Um, the and you know like the the fact that the Rockets have Clint Capella now means that they're not you know that Rudy Rudy Gobert isn't going to be able to just like screw them, um because Capella can sort of counteract them I guess sort of or like do the same things so it's not going to be an imbalance in their uh in Utah's favor like it would be with some other teams. This is just like an unlucky matchup. The Rockets are really good this year and you know. Uh, the you know this is going to be the end of uh, 
uh, a, a pretty fun series uh, season for for the Jazz. Um, and by the same token, if I'm wrong, and the Thunder uh, beat uh, beat the Jazz in the first round and play against the Rockets, they're going to lose too. But it'll be exponentially more annoying because there'll be all of the fucking just like constant media bullshit about. James Harden used to play on the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's like, gee, Dr. Science, I didn't know that. Tell me more about this, you know. Um, so, I mean, ESPN is going to be rooting like hell for the Thunder to beat Utah because they'll, they won't have to, you know, think an original thought for like a week and a half while the series is going on. Um, but um, I am a spoil sport and I am an iconoclast. Ha ha ha. Uh, which is why I've got the Jazz winning the first round and then just getting skunked in the second round. But, you know, hey, that's sports. Shit happens. Um, the Portland-Golden State series is going to be a blast. Golden State's going to win, but it's going to be a lot of fun, especially because Dan Lillard is from Oakland, and whenever he plays in Oracle, um, he's always like, I'm in my home fucking town. You better, right? You know, and man, when Dan Lillard gets in that mode, like when he's just like, just out there, just sort of like seething because he doesn't think that people are respecting him enough. And he just like whips his fucking balls out and just like, you know, scores 45 and like hits a game winner and stuff like that. That is the good shit right there. Um, as you may have noticed, I do, I do rather like Dan Lillard. Um, and he's in a position to have a really fun playoffs this year. He's you're, We're going to get two good rounds of vintage playoff Dan Lillard in, in this year's uh, playoffs. That hypothetical Portland-Golden State series is going to be fucking appointment TV. Uh, worth staying up late for. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. And it hasn't even been determined yet, but I'm already looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've got Houston and Golden State going to the conference finals because I mean, Houston and Golden State are going to go to the conference finals. It's just, you know, certain things in this life are inevitable and that is one of them. Um, so the Eastern conference, um, the Raptors Pacers or Raptors Cavs. Well, I shouldn't talk about it or Raptors Cavs because I've got the Pacers winning. I should have courage in my own convictions. So the Raptors Pacers series is going to be fun, um, but not quite as fun as the Indiana-Cleveland series because Toronto is just, like, a better and they have their shit more together and Oladipo might not match up all that well against DeMar DeRozan and DeMar DeRozan's, like, a lot better than he has been and he was already pretty fucking good. Um, so, I mean, I just think that... Uh, yeah, I don't know why I had this. Yeah, um, the Raptors are going to win. I had Indiana written down winning this series because I was outsmarting myself, but um, I am going to call an audible on that. And by the way, since none of you can see my little cheat sheet in front of me, I was snitching on myself to reveal that I had that wrong. But anyway, I have Toronto beating the Pacers. Um... You know, the, people make too much a big deal about how uh, Toronto folded in the playoffs before. When they lost those playoff series the last few years, they were playing a different style. And they were playing against teams who were better than them then. But everybody else kind of deteriorated, and Toronto got better. So this whole, like, folding in the clutch thing, I think was really just a function of them not being as good as the teams that beat them. 
But this time around, they're better. So, conference finals, Toronto. Uh, now, the Philadelphia-Boston series. Uh, the Philadelphia-Boston series would have been a lot more fun if Kyrie wasn't injured, Kyrie Irving wasn't injured, and if um, Gordon Hayward was around. Uh, like a full-strength version of the Sixers versus a full-strength version of the Celtics would be a lot of fun. Um, and Boston might edge them. But, I mean, Kyrie Irving is kind of hard to replace. I mean, Brad Stevens, again, you know, like, he makes uh, lead guards, you know, just look better than they are or play better than they are uh, or, like, just makes them better. I don't know. Uh, but without Kyrie to just, like, hit daggers and, you know, put up the random 45-point game, uh, because he needs to, you know, I mean, it's, you know, the Celtics are going to put up a pretty good fight, but, you know, the Sixers are are going to get to the conference finals. And and that'll be cool, man. Because, I mean, the Sixers team, they're really good, and they're really young. They're going to be really good for a long time if they stay healthy. This is, like, the first of many. Um, the process worked, man. You know? God bless them. Uh... So again, entertainment value is mainly gonna, the Sixers are going to be carrying the heavy burden as far as the entertaining uh, stuff goes, and Brad Stevens's coaching is going to counteract the entertaining shit by like you know compensating for it. So you know, I mean, it's not going to be the kind of you know just you know glorious bloodbath that it could have been, but um, it'll be a lot of technically sound basketball. It's going to be actually an interesting uh, matchup about like you know technically sound you know, like, exquisitely coached basketball versus, you know, incredibly raw, talented young guy basketball, um, which, you know, just philosophically and artistically will be an interesting look. Um, but, again, you know, the Celtics are... This year's Celtics are going to be wet blankets as far as entertainment is concerned because they don't have their good guys and they're going to be forced to do, like, you know, smart shit. Um, and that's not always the most fun thing to watch as a casual fan. Um, I mean, that, that isn't all there is, but I mean, it, it is, it is something. It's not nothing. Uh, all right. So we have the conference finals in the West, Houston versus Golden State. Um, this it depends on a couple of factors. Um, if, 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 if Golden State is healthy and playing at, you know, full strength as far as, uh, you know, every, all their injured guys are, like, you know, not, you know, kind of rusty or, you know, like, still showing signs of fatigue or injury or whatever, a full state Golden State, a full, full strength Golden State is going to beat Houston. Um, cause they're just, they're better. Um, Houston could beat a banged up Golden State team. Um, they could beat a mildly banged up Golden State team by just, you know, getting all their three pointers to fall. Um, you know, I mean, Houston, this year's Houston Rockets are really good, but the, uh, Golden State the past couple of years has been historically good. Um, and they just, they have the advantage. 
if if all if all their guys are like reasonably you know at the level that they can uh reach like they're you know and they've got all the playoff experience in the world like they know exactly what to do in playoff series and shit over the last few years you know so provided that everybody's healthy i've got golden state going through although um it would not you know be a huge shock if houston pulled this one out although that would probably mean that one or more of golden state's guys um were injured and it's going to be fun um because even with the caveats about houston style like their valuing of efficiency over flashiness and all of that um a a lot more is made of that than necessarily is apt um, cause it's, they do not play boring basketball. They just play methodical, efficient basketball when it's really working. It is fun to watch. Um, but it's just, it's a matter of when two teams are as, or are this good, it's always kind of fun to watch. Um, and these are the two best teams in the NBA this year. So it's going to be a good series just for that alone. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've got Golden State advancing, uh, but in pencil. Um, so make it that what you will. Now the Toronto Philly Eastern Conference Finals is, I think if it all comes out this way and this is the Eastern Conference Finals matchup, this is going to be the most entertaining series in the entire playoffs. Because the Sixers will be sensing, oh my god, we just have to win one more series and then we're in the fucking finals, man. They're going to be really stoked. Toronto is going to have this whole thing of like, I mean, we should make it to the finals. Who are these upstarts to come fuck with us? You know, both teams have really good guys. Both teams have guys who are fun to watch. Um, you know, it's 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 just gonna be really cool to watch the Raptors and the Sixers go go head to head in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, really looking forward to that. And this might be like a romantic pick rather than a rational pick, but I've got Philly winning um, because I mean I can just see it comes down to a game seven, and Embiid just puts up a forty five and twenty. You know. And everybody's going to be like, fuck, he really is this good. And he's basically just going to post a fucking dick pic, you know, on Instagram and, like, tag Rihanna in it, you know. And, you know, well, you know, not necessarily the most politically correct thing. And, you know, Rihanna's probably going to be really annoyed by it. But, I mean, it's it's just going to be, as they say, epic. Um... And then said so the finals are going to be Warriors Sixers, and the finals aren't going to be that great if it's Warriors Sixers because I mean the Sixers are really good, the Warriors are just going to pick them apart, and because especially if the Warriors get to the finals, they're just going to be like, all right, one more series and then we can rest, and just to get to the golf course quicker, they might just sweep them just out of exhaustion because they're that good. And it'll be a bit of an anticlimax to the season, but the Golden State Warriors are really good, man. You know, it's just, it's like, you know, people get, like, all defeatist and, like, oh, it, you know, like, takes all the suspense out of the season. I mean, there is suspense. You know, it's not as certain as it was in years past because, you know, 
when they're healthy, they're just unambiguously better than everybody else at basketball. But, you know, they're not always healthy. And that's the reason why it's not just, you know, a done deal at the preseason. Because injuries do happen. And there were a lot of injuries this season. That was the one thing that kept this season from being really great was that there were a lot of really bad injuries to a lot of really good dudes. Like, Blakey Cousins, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, uh, you know, John Wall and Jimmy Butler missed huge amounts of time, and they're always fun to watch. Um, like, just so many other teams, you know, like the the Celtics had shitloads of injuries. Yeah, Gordon Hayward missed all all but five minutes of the season with that, like, bizarre broken leg, you know, and hopefully he'll be back full strength next year. Um Hopefully, when all is said and done, we'll look back on the season and remember it for something other than it being a season of so many catastrophic injuries. But that, in conclusion, is my hope for this year's playoffs. Uh, That we have an entertaining enough playoffs this season that that's how we remember the season rather than it being, you know... You know, being existentially terrified about Boogie Cousins' Achilles, or God damn it, is Chris Dapps ever going to play seventy-five games in a season, um, or all those other things that are unpleasant to think about? And of course, as a Knicks fan, I have just a, a, a fucking miserable off-season to look forward to. Like the Knicks are probably going to hire Mark Jackson and fuck the draft up and fuck free agency up. And in November, when the next season starts, I'm going to be, you know, being like, yeah, the Celtics games are on uh, NBC Sports Boston. Yeah, I can listen to Tommy Heights and talk about Aaron Baines' dick. And I won't have to think about the Knicks, you know. Yeah. Hopefully it won't come to that. But, as I said, in the meantime, there are the playoffs. And I have high hopes for this year's playoffs. I think they will be fun for both the casual and the less casual, the more obsessive uh, fan. And that's, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. So, uh, this has been uh, Minor Bows for yet another episode uh, on the sporadic schedule, broadcast from an undisclosed location. Um... If you uh, if you like what you listen uh, if you like what you just heard, um, you know give uh, give the podcast uh, full ratings on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, uh, you heard on SoundCloud. Um, and uh, if you're feeling particularly generous and flush, uh, go to patreon.com backslash Danny Bose. And uh, just, you know, drop me a buck a month or so. Because, um, you know, with being tax season, shit's a little tight. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, that's enough of all of that. Uh, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. And I will talk to you again soon.